Hey, yo, ladies and gentlemen, fellas, 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 a nice little 10-game slate on a Tuesday, the NBA slate today for December 29th as the year comes to a close, we get a massive slate, a 10-gamer. We had a nice size slate, slates that I like, five to seven to eight games yesterday, and we did fantastic. Turns a $6,000 profit. It was a very good day, and if you were in the Discord, if you were honestly just a part of Patreon, it was one of those classic NBA nights, even on a five-game slate where starting lineups were all over the place. The Detroit Pistons starting lineup, not as we supposed. You have guys like Josh Jack, in the starting lineup. You have guys like DeLon Wright coming off the bench and you have to adjust projections for things like that. Now, luckily for people who stuck with DeLon Wright, and it was me and definitely a good amount of my lineups in terms of 150 maxing, not in single entry, but he got you there in only 22 minutes. But that's the thing. You can't rely on that. He's going to be out there yet again today, but it seems like Blake Griffin and Derrick Rose should be back as they were rested just for maintenance in terms of just general rest purposes for Monday's game. Now we're going to be going through this slate with the injury and status dashboard as of right now, right? You might be watching this later in the day and more injury news comes out. That will all be updated on my projections down below for super draft draft kings rankings all that stuff you can check it out on my patreon but for right now hit that like and subscribe this is the thing we're 130 subscribers away from our goal of 35,000 by the end of the year. And we have three days, including today, to get there. So let's get a little bit of a push. I'll be live tonight, probably around 4 or 4.30 p.m. East Coast time. You'll be answering any of your questions for an hour for tonight's slate. So be sure to get in there. I'll have my 150 lines, max and crunch. We can talk about rules, exposures, just general ownership projections, any questions that you might have, a 1v1, a 2v2, whatever it might be, just hit that notification bell so you can know when I indeed go live. The goal of this video right now is to get you primed for the morning and get you on with your day and really start the day off with a nice little commute for you, whatever it might be, injury and status dashboard. Then we go on to just sometimes we look at the quick Vegas odds, pace, things like that. But then we get into the early interest and why I like specific players in each price range early on right now. Before we start all that, you can see right now I'm wrapping the hoodie because they sent me some merch, a nice care package, honestly, some nice Nike polos and nice Nike quarter zips in there, this comfortable hoodie. Superdraft is a sponsor of this show. Now you probably already know because you've been watching this show a lot, but there's a lot of new people out there and some people who are still, for whatever reason, not wanting to get the best ROI return on investment chances out there with Superdraft. Now, if you use my name, Sal, S-A-L, you will get a free money bonus up to $1,000 in a slow drip format. Uh, pretty good. Free dollar whiskeys. But what Superdraft is, is a multiplier format. So for example, somebody like Giannis would have a 1x multiplier tonight. If he scores 58 points, well, his 1x multiplier gives him 58 points. But for an example, you have Russell Westbrook with a 1.25x multiplier, meaning that whatever he scores, he ends up getting 25% more points. So if he goes out there and he scores 40 points, they're actually going to give him an extra 10 points for his Superdraft bonus. So it's not all about the multiplier format. It's all about projections. We have those down below if you want to follow along. And again, you should be playing this right now. This is going to be your best chance. DraftKings has the huge prize pools and it's a lot of fun. Obviously, I play over DraftKings as well, I like the smaller field stuff, but this is going to be your chance at the best return on investment in terms of where the weakest competition is, the softest contests that don't consistently and constantly fill. That's where you should be putting at least money that you want to build the bankroll with. If you're just trying to shoot the million maker, you're probably going to keep losing that money, but that's all you. That's all what you like to do. Those are your interests and goals. If you actually want to stay in the game and grow a bankroll, places like Superdraft, places like Jock Market, other places, sponsors of the show are the best way to grow that bankroll. Now, let's start this off with the injury and status dashboard, and we're going to be going just filtering it by teams. Lori and is questionable with a leg injury. Just keep a close eye on this. If he was to miss for whatever reason, it seems like Dad Young is going to return today. He would probably pick up some upside there. You would have some Otto Porter probably moving to the four. You would have just increased maybe minutes if he could stay out of foul trouble for one Lakota Jr., things like that. He's questionable with a leg. You have Kevin Love out yet again. We saw Larry Nance and a couple of times now without Kevin Love have some decent games. He went off night one. And Larry Nance is one of these guys, kind of like Nerlens Noel, when he's going to be in a starting lineup, you could feel really good about him going to the four next to Andre Drummond. Played 34 and 35 minutes in the two games where Kevin Love has missed, put up 52 points 
5.25 and 29 fantasy points. We like that for Larry Nance to jump ahead to the early interest, but Kevin Love is going to be out. And then the other guys from Cleveland is going to be the rookie, Okoro, and you're going to have Kevin Porter Jr. still out. He has not played yet due to a personal issue, Okoro with a foot. You've seen guys like Darius Garland in, in Colin Sexton take massive steps forward this year. Dante Exum got to see more run when Okoro got hurt in the last game at halftime. So those are guys who are going to be continuing to see benefits with Kevin Porter out, but now increased usage for guys like Dante Exum, who is just 3,300 this week. Draymond Green remains out, so you're going to get the same stuff here. Wiseman will get extended run at the center. They won't go small as much. You'll see Eric Paschkel still picking up some time as well, and also some Kent Bazemore minutes. For the Clippers, Kawhi Leonard missed the last game. A lot of people thought it was rest, but it's actually going to be with a mouth injury, so keep a close eye on that. This helps out just a point per minute production for guys like Lou Williams, for some other players off the bench, and Marcus Morris has still not yet to play with this knee injury. Continue to see guys like Nicholas Batum, who's been playing decently well in the starting lineup now, two out of the three games, and playing big minutes into the 30s for this team. Uh, continue to see guys like Luke Kennard come off the bench. For Miami, Jimmy Butler, downfall, got hurt in that last game on Christmas. He's going to be having an ankle injury here, and if he misses, Goran Dragic's price has not increased that much, just 5,800. Expect him, one of the best six men in the league, to continue to come off the bench, but that helps him. Tyler Hero's usage does go up. Point per minute production this year has not in a small sample, but expect that to change as well, but he is still primarily a shooter. Don't expect too many drives. That would be the Dragic's role, but guys like Robinson, Dragic's Bam at 8K, they would get an increase if Butler was to miss at his $7,900 price point. Some other guys from teams that might not matter as much you have from Milwaukee, just Torrey Craig today is going to be somebody that's going to be missing. He's not playing a ton of minutes this season, and he's not a great fantasy point per minute producer. It's just going to give some other guys off the bench, like a Pat Connington, potentially, maybe Dante DiVincenzo, who starts, just gets a little bit extra on because of that. Some of the other bench players would see a little bit more of a bump. Nothing major there. Josh Koji from Minnesota is going to be doubtful with a hamstring, but the bigger news, Carl Anthony Towns. It seems like he avoided some sort of massive injury with his wrist. It does not need surgery. It is not the exact same location as his last wrist injury, which kind of ended his season last year, but him, him being out is going to upside and, and give spots for Najreed, who we expect to jump into the starting lineup here. You would expect after having a brutal game and a revenge spot for D'Angelo Russell, his last time out against the Lakers, that he would see a big usage bump here, more shot attempts, more assist percentage. So this is going to be massive for this team. In that last game, Najreed actually did come in and play 28 minutes. Normally, it was just a direct backup to Carl Anthony Towns, took on the starter role, played 28 minutes, had 13 shot attempts, right? He only shot 38%, but it's good to see that volume. And they ended up putting up about 27 fantasy points, again, in only half of the game or so as actually being out there as a starter. So it's good to see. They also still have Ed Davis out there. Ed Davis kind of just being passed around as a backup. I expect him now to be the Nas Davis primary backup role for this team. You might get a little bit more usage out of guys like Hernan Gomez, out of guys like Jake Lehman, but most likely it's going to be coming from the guys who have the ball in their hands the most, like D'Angelo Russell, Malik Beasley to an extent, and also Najri, the direct replacement. For the Knicks, as we scroll down to finish up with them, they have a lot of injuries here. You're going to have Dennis Smith Jr. He's not going to be playing today. He's picking up minutes here and there. Alec Burks is questionable with an ankle. Austin Rivers is already out with the groin, and the rookie quickly, their second pick in that draft, is going to be out as well with a hip injury. So for the Knicks, I mean, it's just a lot of guys in the guard rotation are going to see a little bit of a bump here. Alfred Payton, who's just been normally getting these minutes anyways, is going to see a little bit of a bump. You could expect Reggie Bullock to see more run without Alec Burks out there. Reggie Bullock been playing around the upper 20s in minutes, 25, 26 for a couple of games now. Theo Pinston might step on the court, who's barely been playing run, but they might have to give him a little bit more run. Frank Nielakina would be another guy. So these are guys that I don't really have much interest in. Alfred Payton, we already know, is getting those minutes. Alfred Payton finally had his first good game of the season. You could probably expect Payton because of the lack of guard depth now to play somewhere around 28 minutes or so when he's not in foul trouble, maybe pushes towards 30. That all being said, we could just look at the target offense sheet quickly, which is going to be kind of break down 
Vegas defense versus position. Uh, it's still factoring in last year's numbers because it's not a big enough sample so far this year, but we can change that in just a second. Vegas pace numbers, all this type of stuff. The highest total on the slate is actually going to be going to Washington here. Washington against Chicago is six point favorites. Yes, Washington. Yes, this is the team now uh, with a very nice total. It's going to make guys like Bradley Beal, going to make guys like Thomas Bryant and obviously Russell Westbrook, who is as of right now, I believe the second highest fantasy point per game scorer on the slate, only behind Nikola Jokic, who is dropping triple doubles left and right. Nikola Jokic should have three in the year. Uh, got one last night, massive triple double, 18, I think rebounds, 12 assists, puts up 70 plus points, absolutely dominates. And sadly for me, that decision of playing Trey Young for $300 left and leaving money on the table and small field stuff over Nikola Jokic turned it from being likely a $25,000 win this morning to just a $6,000 win. So that 30 point difference between the two of them was massive, but we're back in the streets tonight. So Washington's going to look good there in terms of a matchup. Obviously the team total is just one portion of what you're getting at a projection, but when that team total is the highest on the slate and it's pretty much the highest on the slate outside of the Clippers game, who has a 119 implied team total, it's pretty much the highest on the slate by like six points outside of that one game. So that is important. That is going to actually have a significant difference. It's not like some of these other games where, okay, Boston has a 110 total and Indy has a 108. Big deal. It's a two point difference. It's not really going to be a massive difference in projection, but when it's a 120 total and no other totals are really pushing over 115, except for one, that is going to be a massive difference. That is going to boost all these projections. So just trying to hit on some things that really do stand out from a pace from a total standpoint on these slates. Again, the Clippers are at 119 right now. I assume that means Kawhi is in. If he's out, maybe it changes by a point or two. Nothing massive there for that team as they are facing Minnesota. A depleted defense, a depleted offense without Carl Anthony Towns at this point. Those are a couple team totals to be looking out for. Milwaukee normally is going to have one of the higher team totals, one of the best offensive and just overall teams last year in the regular season. You have a generally high scoring game because Washington doesn't play that great defense. So on the opposite side of it, Chicago also has a 114 implied total. And then the rest are just kind of mediocre team totals. I mean, you have a couple of 113s in there. Golden State is a nice team total. Phoenix, Orlando, but nothing overwhelming to that point. You don't have any massive team totals on the slate. Seeing a lot of totals usually in the 230 range, it's because you have a couple of worse offenses, uh, decent defenses, and really just slower paced teams going at it right now. So that's just a couple of things to touch on there. Let's get now into the meat of the program, the early interest where you can start off in salary order up top. So Giannis, you are going to be getting at a fantastic price point. And look, uh, but Sally's only been averaging so far this year, 50 fantasy points per game. He's overpriced at his 10,800. Giannis Antetokounmpo has been averaging right now 1.56 fantasy points per game from a DraftKings perspective so far this season. This is a guy who historically averages 1.9. So you're honestly getting Giannis at a thousand dollar discount. Now, does it happen today? against Bam, who would be a somewhat tough opponent for him out of all the guys in the league. Yeah, I don't know if it happens today, but it's going to project to happen today. He's going to project out to easily, easily beat this $10,800 price point more times than not. And if you get the ceiling performance out of him, finally, the 2x fantasy points per minute at his minutes that have been pretty damn good this year. Giannis now in three games playing 95 minutes. Normally we're used to Giannis playing just 28 to 30 minutes per game in the regular season. We've seen some massive minute games, right? To start out the year in that close game against Boston at the buzzer beater. So Giannis at $10,800 is well underpriced. If you're just looking at historical rates and not just the last two or three games that people like to wait so heavily. Yeah, Giannis is going to smash this price point more times than not, and a lot more times than not. Going over to Nikola Jokic, it's, it's pretty hard not to like what's happening with Nikola Jokic right now because, yeah, again, he should have three triple doubles. He's on a back to back now, but he's also playing some pretty big minutes. He leads the slate in fantasy points per game when you're just going to be having that many triple doubles, and he also dropped a 70 burger last night. So far this season, he came into last night averaging 1.87 fantasy points per minute. That only got higher last night. Jokic has a usage rate of 26%, and he has over a 53% assist percentage early on the season, over a 20% total rebound rate. Everything 
everything is clicking for this guy, again, the numbers that he's putting up is just going to average a triple-double. He's clearly going to come down to earth, but this is different for Nikola Jokic, right? We're always used to saying, ah, Nikola Jokic is out of shape to start the year. This has like been like the last three years in a row. He starts slow. He doesn't get into shape as much. He came into this year very much in, in shape, right? Skinny Nikola Jokic was playing well in the preseason, and he's starting off this season. He's looking for that. He's hunting that MVP trophy taken away from Luka. So right now, Nikola Jokic at 10200 is going to look like a strong value on Superdraft. The presenting sponsor actually looks better than Giannis right now because you get that extra 5% bonus points. Russell Westbrook at $9,700 will be my next one up. And then similar to Jokic, just in different ways, Russell Westbrook is also playing fantastic. He is right now the second highest scorer on this slate so far this season in the short season, and he's averaging a triple double basically every single game. Right now, you're going to be getting out of Russell Westbrook a 30% usage rate, a 36% effective field goal rate, which is absolutely terrible, right? I mean, just to talk about other guys on this team, right now, Russell Westbrook's effective field goal rate is the worst on the team. And it still doesn't matter because this guy's just hunting rebounds. He's hunting steals, blocks. He's hunting assists and all the peripherals. So when he only scores 16 points and normally he's scoring 20 plus because of the volume that he's taking right now, his shot attempts are just so high up there. The volume that he's taking is allowing him to get you up to those triple double numbers, allowing you to get to what you need out of him. But none of that matters because yes, he's very ineffective. 40% and 31% field goal percentage in his first two games, 0 of 6 from three point lane, but he is shooting 22 and 19 times so far in two games with 72 minutes of play. Yes, this is a person that is going to have a lot of upside for you. Russell Westbrook right now, a 49% assist percentage and an 18% total rebounding rate. Russell Westbrook looks great to start out the 9K range. And then after that, we get into the 8K range. We're going to have a couple of big men here. And the big men to start off is going to be Andre Drummond, who I am a little bit skeptical of. Look, there's no Kevin Love, so that's a little bit better here. But Andre Drummond, obviously Tristan Thompson's in Boston this year. Andre Drummond's minutes have been a little bit shaky, and it's not really due to foul trouble, right? He's played a couple of games of 27 minutes. He played that one game of 44 minutes where the game just got extended, so naturally saw more time. But this is a guy who, yes, blowouts are happening against Cleveland right now. But in that last game, he plays 27 minutes. He plays his normal rotation to start the fourth quarter of about six minutes or so. And then the blowout ensues and the final five minutes is just going to a bunch of scrubs. But I still don't know if he's even going to come in to close that game based on how they closed out some previous games. In a matchup against New York, who this New York team still has a pretty big team, whether it's Julius Randle, Mitch Robb, some of the guys that they got off the bench coming in, Nerlens Noel, whoever it might be, you're still going to have some bigs that maybe it's just Andre Drummond closing out this game. But that's why I'm a little bit skeptical here. Drummond has been insanely efficient right now. He's been playing very good so far this season. 96 total minutes, a 33% usage rate for Drummond. He's averaging 1.6 fantasy points per minute. That's not going to continue. He's not going to continue to average 1.6 fantasy points per minute. Now, maybe it's somewhere around 1.5, 1.4 in that upper range, but he's not playing enough minutes for it to actually stay there. So right now he's just been playing as good as he possibly can in somewhat limited minutes. So this could be some smoke. He's averaging a 26% defensive rebounding rate and 19% assist percentage is relatively high for Drummond at this point. So that's my concern. You know, the blocks are going to be there. It's just, can we really continue to get this much volume with the price point increasing if he's only going to play 26 minutes? So he's on the early interest, but I also want to keep him on there to notify you guys that, okay, if he plays 32 minutes a day, I feel great about it. But if he's only going to play 26, 27, that's the difference between him paying off like a 7k price tag and getting you 30 points and then paying off this 8k price tag and getting you 45 to 50. We need those minutes. And because of that, for a thousand dollars cheaper, I'm actually going to be going over to Sabonis more times than not over Drummond here, especially if the ownership is going to follow. Sabonis at $8,600 is a fantastic price point, which you're getting out of him right now, basically playing as good as Drummond. You could just rely on the minutes more. He leads his team right now with 111 minutes played, a 27% usage rate, an 18% total rebounding rate, and a 24% assist percentage. The only spot that he does not lead his team on right now is that assist percentage. The only guy who is higher currently, I mean, you have TJ McConnell in a smaller sample, but his teammate Brogdon, 27% to 24 and a half. He has just been that good. Even his true shooting percentage at 63%, everything for Sabonis looks great. You know what you're getting out of Sabonis to this point right now in his career. You're probably going to get 35 minutes, 34 minutes somewhere out of him. And I'll just take that for a guy who, yes, his fantasy point per minute production is not 1.6 like Drummond, but it is 1.33 so far this year. And I rely on his minutes more and I rely on that efficiency for Drummond to really drop. So yes, give me Sabonis at 8,600. I think Drummond, he's going to be fine, but I think he might be a little bit of a smoke more times than not. We continue now into the 8K range where we just have a lot of big men that I like in this 8K range. You get a little bit lower down here and you can see 
see Julius Randle pops up for us. Playing big minutes right now, he's basically averaging 36 minutes a game. He has a 26% usage rate so far this year, and also a 28% assist percentage. So he leads his team. He did this early on last year as well, leading his team in, in usage, which he's doing right now, assist percentage, and total rebounding rate, basically a virtual tie right now at Nerlens Noel. They're both at about 15.2%. So leading in all those categories, again, him and Luca and LeBron too early on last year were doing this, and he continues to drop big fantasy performances. So if you're going to get this con constant 35 minutes out of him, he's closing games out, and he's fairly priced. Like normally, Julius Randle's around 78 to 8,200. Once he starts hitting 85, 8,600, you step away from him. But for right now, I think we still have some meat on the bone for him. Brandon Ingram was just named the offensive player of the week after his hot start to the season. And last year, look, this was a guy who was coming for comeback player of the year. He made the all-star team. Then Zion comes out and takes away all of his steam, all of his media hype, all that type of stuff. And now Brandon Ingram is trying to take that back. A 29% usage rate so far this season and a 34% assist percentage is basically leading this team. You have Zion right there with the usage as well. But these guys are coexisting because you have one less player there, right? This is the main reason. Drew Holiday is not there anymore. Replacing Drew Holiday with Eric Bledsoe is a downgrade, whether it's on the defensive standpoint, whether it's on somebody who actually cares a lot about the game, but just in general, Drew Holiday is somebody who can pick up massive fantasy point per minute production. So right now you're getting Brandon Ingram around a 1.28 guy instead of last year when Drew Holiday was there. Once Zion came on, Brandon Ingram was dropping to like a 1.15 fantasy point per minute producer. Now closer to 1.23, him and Zion can both coexist and have big performances. At this price point of $8,200, I like his minutes upside a little bit more than Zion's. He has currently played seven more minutes than Zion on the season. That's important. Might not sound like a lot, but if you're playing three to four more minutes per game than a guy, that means you're getting more times than not somewhere around like six to eight to maybe even 10 more fantasy points if you get hot and efficient during those minutes. So Ingram at $8,200, I also like. Let's scroll down now as we hit that 8K and below range. We can start with SGA, Shea Gilchrist, Alexander at 8,100. And SGA, look, if you haven't been keeping up with this team, there's nobody left on this team. There's no more Chris Paul. There's no more Dennis Schroeder. Those are the other guards that they were playing last year in those guard heavy rotations. It's all SGA's team. And he right now leads his team in minutes. He's leading his team and one of the highest in the league at a 34% usage rate, one of the highest in the league at a 36% assist percentage. So everything looked good for him right now. A 1.23 fantasy point per minute producer for a guy who you can rely to play around 35 minutes. That's going to look very good. Matchup against Orlando, especially for guards, has always been overblown on how difficult, quote unquote, of a matchup it is. It's a fine matchup for him. Again, this is the concern. He's a point guard, a ball dominant point guard, but you have other guys in his range, like a Randall, like an Ingram, averaging right around his same points. It's just a little bit more reliable because they play closer to the basket. So I do prefer an Ingram or a Julius Randall to SGA, but SGA has that sneaky hidden upside of 60 plus points. The game we saw last year, a 2020-20 game. I think that was the exact same night when Joey Burrow won the national championship. He goes for 20-20-20. Now we go down a little bit more. You have guys like D'Angelo Russell, who if you're just trying to look at what he's done so far this season and not project forward and only use what he's done this season and not historical data or any of that stuff, it might not look as good against the Clippers. It is a tough spot. But then you have to factor in what he's done with Carl Anthony Towns off the court. And here's the big thing. Carl Anthony Towns off the court in that last game, that stinker that you had from D'Angelo Russell, if you're just using this year's data, it's not going to look good. Russell only scored nine fantasy points last time out against the Lakers. He has played 55 minutes without Carl Anthony Towns this season, and he's averaged 0.81 fantasy points per minute. Again, a lot of that was because of the second half, the Lakers shutting down D'Angelo Russell and him looking terrible. So he's not going to be a 0.81 producer, right? He's going to be a guy who averages over one fantasy point per minute, probably closer to 1.2 over the long haul. So D'Angelo Russell at $7,600. I won't know if really people are going to jump over to him, but he's somebody that I do indeed have interest in. He's somebody that still has a high usage rate so far this year, just had one bad game out of three, and that's really going to pull down all of your season averages. He's a guy who's averaging a 27% usage rate and a 26% assist percentage so far this year, struggling to start the season, but I'm fine to get there. Going down to Thomas Bryant. Again, we like the total. We already touched on Russell Westbrook. If you want to get to Bradley Beal, that's fine. But I like the upside of Russell Westbrook's just, I mean, shooting 20 shots a game right now. Obviously, the triple double upside is always going to be there. And those are massive bonuses for DraftKings. But you also have Thomas Bryant, who right now has been playing 88 minutes so far this season, who right now has a 20% assist percentage. This is the concern with Thomas Bryant. It was the exact same thing we saw with Steven Adams, exact same thing we saw with Clint Capella, wherever Russell Westbrook went. He takes rebounds away from those centers. So right now, Bryant's only averaging 0.92 fantasy points per minute, but he's seeing bigger minutes. That's the thing that's encouraging for him. He's seeing these bigger minutes. He's actually starting. He's getting some run. But the rebounding rate right now is just 
18%. And that's because Russell Westbrook leads the team at 18%. So Thomas Bryant for me is somebody that I think has an upside here. I think we're getting, we're getting close to his bottom number. If it's not 6,800 next time out, if he doesn't have that great of a game, maybe it's 65, 6,400, but we're getting to that upside where he has massive ceiling potential in this offense. The concern is Westbrook stealing rebounds and hunting rebounds right now. So at 6,800, I know people are going to want to get there. I'm just cautioning you right now. It's a fine time to play Thomas Bryant, but just keep in mind, as long as Russell Westbrook is on this team, it really makes it more difficult to cap that ceiling for a, a 2020 game, right? A double, double, a massive double, double performance. We don't have to say much about Larry Nance. Again, we already talked about him earlier on when he is basically played 35 minutes a game in the two games this year when Kevin Love was out. He historically has been dominating when either Kevin Love or Tristan Thompson in the past for this Cavs team were out. So we like him there. He's had two nice games. Last time out only 30 points, but that was a bad performance from him, like a bottom performance. Uh, this is a guy who hunts fantasy points per minute production. If you just want to see so far in the small season, and we could date back to last year, but this is a guy who's going to be averaging well over 1.1 fantasy points per minute when there's not going to be any Kevin Love on the floor. So far this year in his very small sample with Kevin Love off the court and standing next to Andre Drummond, Larry Nance is a 1.1 fantasy point per minute producer with a 13% usage rate. Wendell Carter Jr. finally came out and had a nice game. So you can see a lot of guards and a lot of centers is what I like to look for. Small forwards are fine for value. Shooting guards are fine for value. Power forwards are also, I kind of consider those guys centers because a lot of the time, like a Larry Nance, I can count for both of them. So I like those power forward centers and guards. If you're new here, guards meaning point guards because the usage rates are high. They have other ways where they get there, whether it's expected rebounding rates, expected blocks, expected assist percentage, all that stuff. It opens up double, double upside. They're just way more involved than a shooting guard who only shoots threes than a small forward who maybe gets a couple of rebounds and stretches for a couple of threes. That's why we like to be pretty dominant. That's why we like to be heavy on some of these big men. And that's going to be kind of the story to close this thing out with some guys. Wendell Carter Jr. finally had his best game of the year. Look, Wendell Carter Jr., the usage that he's getting, and it only gets better, by the way, if Laurie Markkinen misses here, because they don't have that many guys to really take away rebounding rate uh, from Wendell Carter Jr. like a Laurie Markkinen can, right? It's not going to be Thad Young taking away that many rebounds. It's not really going to be Otto Porter taking away that many rebounds. So just in general, Wendell Carter has a nice role on this team. Now he's played 84 minutes so far this season, and Wendell Carter has come out with a 17% rebounding rate, which actually leads the team. But expect that to go a little bit higher as the season goes on. Laurie Markkinen's at a 15%, so if he actually misses, he is currently right now third on the team. Hutchinson with a smaller role has a 16.5% rebounding rate. But in a bad season, which people are so far saying this is a bad season for Wendell Carter, and again, he's always foul trouble prone, but he's averaging 0.97 fantasy points per minute. That's going to go up, right? This is a guy who's going to be playing closer to a 1.15 guy, maybe even a 1.2 guy if he can kind of avoid foul trouble and just stay on the court a little bit more and kind of when he gets in a flow and a rhythm, keep that up and not get ruined by having to go to the bench. At 6,100, he's a fine player. He's somebody that had close to 20% usage rate that I do like. Again, the concern is foul trouble. 1.6x multiplier in the presenting sponsor. Go sign up. My name's Sal S.A. I'll get that free money bonus looks pretty damn good. Now, Goran Dragic, I like him either way at 5,800, but really only going to be getting here if Jimmy Butler is out. And the thing that's nice that we have the news is that Jimmy Butler is doubtful. So he's leaning, I mean, what is that? 75 to 85% of the time, a guy who's doubtful is not going to play, maybe even closer to 90% of the time. And you're getting Goran Dragic, just dating back to last year, also this year now, he looks fantastic. I want him to continue to come off the bench. We know he's going to get his minutes, right? So far, Goran Dragic this season in two games has played 53 minutes. We know he's going to be pushing closer, especially with no Jimmy Butler, to 30 plus minutes, even if he comes off the bench. He's been great this year. I mean, his one point four seven fantasy points per minute. Obviously, a very small sample is not going to hold up, but a 27% usage rate this year. He's just been fantastic with a 68% true shooting percentage. So that's obviously going to hold a lot up for you. A 46% assist rate, smaller sample stuff, but even the historical data at 5,800. Goran Dragic, if there's no Jimmy Butler, more times than not, should be about a $6,500 player based on my projections. Going to look very good for you. OG Ananobi is another guy who, to start the season out, was a very uh, hot name in the just season-long NBA space. As 
he should be. He continues to play big minutes in two games. Now he's played 71 minutes in two games. Now he's not been the greatest fantasy point for the producer 0.77, but the price points baking that in at 5,200. If you're going to be getting 35, 36 minutes out of OG here, even if he's having these bad performance around 0.8 fantasy points per minute, it's going to help you out. Yes. He gets there from different ways, right? He's not an assist guy, just five and a half percent this year. His rebounding is fine. 10%. His usage is not great. 12%, but he picks up everything, right? He hunts your steals. He hunts your rebounds. He is arguably one of the top three defenders in the entire league right now. OG Ananobi. Yes. OG Ananobi, right? Uh, is one of the best defenders potentially in the league. And he's shooting really bad right now, right? He's only has a 50% effective field goal rate, which is not great at all. So if that goes up, right, if you get a little bit more of a usage bump, he's basically already priced for how bad he's been playing and everything can get a little bit better for him at this price point. So I like that. Nas Reed on here is just a direct replacement. He's kind of priced up to an extent, but nothing crazy. Uh, this is a guy who we saw last year drop 40 point games when Carl Anthony Towns missed. And now he's not yet priced to where he should be. Honestly, I think he should be priced by maybe a couple more weeks if he stays at this price point and continues to start. And Ed Davis doesn't cut into that. You probably see Nas Reed playing 28 to 32 minutes a night. He probably gets closer to like a 6K, $6,200 player, maybe even $6,500 player. Najri, very small sample stuff so far, but averaging over a fantasy point per minute this year, right now has a 20% usage rate and an 18% assist percentage. Again, small sample, just 62 minutes, but he's somebody that we have a bigger sample on from last year and can trust at this price point. We talked about his teammate SGA, but Lou Dort has been good. And Lou Dort last year was somebody who just came in and started playing big minutes and he was averaging only like 0.6 fantasy points per minute, but now he's gotten better. And Luke Dort so far in two games playing 66 minutes, averaging 33 minutes a game this year, he's averaging close to a fantasy point per minute. That's pretty good. And this is the thing. It's just about value. This is a 10 game slate. All the value in the world is going to open up. So as I record this early in the morning, Lou Dort looks like good value because he's going to play big minutes and play decent. I mean, obviously the true shooting percentage of 76%, effective field goal rate of 74% is not going to hold up. He's going to come down there, but he picks up steals. He does pick up some blocks as well. You've got a rebound here or there. He just value to this point in the morning. As the day goes on, I assume he's going to not be somebody that I want to get to because other value will open up due to injuries. Like right now, Dante Exum opened up once a Koro, the rookie went out. You have some other guys out for this team already in Cleveland, like Kevin Porter still not playing. And in that last game, Dante Exum, if you look at just popcorn machine came out at halftime or he came out in the second half and basically started for the injured Okoru. Right now, Dante Exum so far this season has only played 36 minutes, but averaging over a fantasy point per minute, shooting 63% effective field goal rate. That's definitely coming down a 33% assist percentage and a 10% total rebounding rate. So Dante Exum, small sample stuff here, right? Going back to the past when he was on Utah, he was still a fine player. He just never really saw that much run because honestly, they didn't need him. Then they bring in Mike Conley. Then they have some other depth pieces as well that they always like going to, whether it's Joe Ingles for some point guard responsibilities, whether it's having obviously Donovan Mitchell. So Dante Exum now at $3,300. He's going to look like a nice play on DraftKings at 2x multiplier and super draft. It's fine. I could probably just get away from it, but he's going to look like an early on nice value on DraftKings. He probably even does by the end of the day, just, just because how cheap he is, especially if he draws a start here. So that's where we're at right now. That is the 10 game slate that we knocked out. We're going to be back Thursday with a breakdown for NBA. We'll have NFL content this week as well. Maybe, maybe on Wednesday, but the big thing tonight at around 4 p.m. East Coast time, be sure to like, subscribe. Let's get to 35,000, but just be sure to also hit the notification bell so you know when we go live. Thank you so much for tuning into this video. I appreciate you all a ton. Check out Patreon for any projections, updates, uh, rankings, all that type of stuff. Soon to be ownership. Hopefully going to be talking with somebody today about getting some uh, historical data of what I need to make ownership projections for the NBA. But as of right now, you get projections, rankings, super draft stuff as well, value, minutes, projections, all that stuff. You can find it down below on my Patreon, patreon.com backslash Sal underscore Vetri underscore. I'll see you all later at 4 p.m. tonight. Thank you so much for tuning in and I'll see you then.